Welcome uh, to episode 234 of the Ben Briggs podcast. I am Ben Briggs. It is um, it is Saturday, people. Uh, Saturday, the 31st of July, 2000, 2021. I hope you're all doing all well out there in the wilderness of the world and the internet, um, wherever you're listening from. Um. This mo- uh, um <laughs> this evening, this morning, uh, I've just had a fucking bath, right? And I've done, I made the ultimate mistake. This sounds like material. Hey, you know when you go in the bath? You know when you're having a bath? Um, yeah, uh, I've made the ultimate mistake. Fucking rubbing soap in my eyes. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, but, um, yeah, my eyes have fucking been streaming. Um... I don't know, they just seem to attract soap, don't they? It makes you feel, when you, whenever you do that, it just makes you feel sorry for the animals that they used to test on. Do they still test on animals? I have no idea. I know there was a big thing with the body shop in the 80s. They were the only ones that never tested it. Maybe they ought to bring that back to stop soap hurting our eyes now. Maybe just a year of animal testing so they can get it straightened out. And uh, people like me who inadvertently seem to rub soap in their eyes. I don't know. I think I was feeling a bit tired and rubbed my eyes, forgetting that I had soap all over my face. Um, my own fault, really, isn't it, to be honest? That's very odd when they used to... Um, I know they've got to test it on something. I don't. I, how do they test it now? How do they test it without? How do they test cosmetics? Yeah. How do they test cosmetics if not on animals? Do they have human people to do this? Alternatives to animal testing. Cruelty free international. Here we go. Still going. No animal methods are often cheaper, quicker, and more effective. Here we go. Replacing animal tests does not mean putting human patients at risk. It also does not mean halting medical progress. And they used to get a fucking rabbit to uh, eat a lipstick or something like that. You know, they used to literally put it in their eyes, didn't they? Does it still go on? Does animal testing still go on cosmetics um i don't know maybe the uh they end up looking like uh um uh bugs bunny did when he used to dress up as a lady bunny <laughs> the people doing that though i think the people who work in that industry particularly you can see pharmaceuticals Testing on, um, uh, you know, like a new cancer drug. They'll test it on a fucking chimpanzee or something like that. You know, make sure it's got a tumour growing in its brain and see if it, you know, even that's horrendous, isn't it? I imagine every place like that is um, like the opening scenes of uh, 28 Days Later, in a, you know, like that sort of environment. We've got chimpanzees just going fucking mental in cages and shit. Um, but you can see a kind... There's a sort of moral 
justifiable. I know people are going to agree, yeah, disagree with me here, but there's a sort of like moral justification for it, isn't there? You know, for the greater good of humanity, we're going to grow a tumor in this chimpanzee's head and seeing if we can cure it. And if we can't, you know, we're going to make ashtrays. They ought to do it all at once, shouldn't they? Shouldn't they be going from the same thing, the the the, the place where they're curing cancer from? Um, they ought to also test cosmetics on those as well. You've got a, <laughs> you've got a chimpanzee with a massive tumor in its fucking brain, but it's got lipstick and fucking eyeshadow on as well. Ah <laughs> oh dear, and it actually cures it. That's the thing. And then for the rest of time, you've just got cancer patients being administered this drug, but they have to have lipstick and eyeshadow on as well. That would brighten up any cancer ward, I think. Just look, just just fucking got clown makeup on. It actually, uh, it actually helps. I know you're going to look stupid and you're going to feel stupid, but this is going to cure you. Um, I don't know. How did we get on that subject already? Oh, yeah, stuff in my eyes. So, uh, yeah, my eyes are feeling fucking, ah, oh, Jesus, just stings and then takes ages to fucking wash out, doesn't it? And then you've got to do that thing of, like, getting the water in your eyes. It just hangs around for ages, doesn't it? When you start blinking and there's fucking foam coming up the side of your eyes. Um, yeah, is animal cosmetic... Ar- Animal testing is still happening. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. You know, like, it was big in the 80s, weren't it? You know, against animal testing T-shirts you used to get from the body shop and shit like that. That was their major selling point, weren't it? Before the 80s, I don't think anybody really gave a shit. We're on orange juice today as well. Unfortunately, there's no ban on testing cosmetics or household products on animals. In the US, apparently. So companies that make and sell their products there can choose to conduct tests on animals jesus still going ahead people um maybe maybe just a year of it over here test all the products you need to test get that i don't know how a a rabbit gives feedback about that unless its eyes start bleeding um or lips swell up you know Using a lipstick or something like that. People would probably like that these days, though, wouldn't they? With all the um, lip filler that they have. That's what they ought to develop. A lipstick that actually has an allergic reaction against your lip skin. And makes them swell up so you don't have to get the fucking lip implants. And you just look as though you've, you know. All of those people who have lip implants, they still haven't quite got that right yet, have they? Everyone still looks like, you know, they've got a nut allergy and just, you know, had a Snickers bar. All their lips, they they just don't seem right. I don't know why people just, hey man, I don't know why people just can't be happy with their looks. Instead of looking like, you know, they've been, you know, they've eaten, they've trod on a wasp's nest and, you know, they've all got in their mouth. uh, My brother did that years ago when he was a kid. Uh, Trod on a wasp's nest. 
and got stung fucking shitloads of times all in his hands, all crushed in his hands, all in his mouth and everything. Um, he's still shit scared of wasps now, which is hilarious um, whenever there's a wasp around. But um, I, sp- <laughs> I suppose you're going to be, aren't you? You know what I mean? Nobody, nobody really welcomes a wasp into their environment, do they? But if you've trodden on a wasp nest, I imagine, you know, you're going to be a bit wary at the very least, aren't you? If you've been stung sort of like hundreds of times by them. Um, I don't actually, I think I was too much of a little kid when that happened. I I have a vague memory of it, but not much. Um, But I I have seen the fallout of that uh, to my own hilarity. Because they don't leave you alone, do they? As soon as they they spot a, a wasp, knows a fucking weakness, like a bee. A bee's sort of like the the kamikaze pilot of the insect world, aren't they? They're the um, they're the suicide bomber, whereas the wasp is uh, more strategic. They're sort of like a um, they're more or less like a Russian spy, aren't they? They just keep injecting you until you submit to it. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, let's have some uh, orange juice today, people. Freshly squeezed from a mama orange. Yeah, so my eyes are stinging a little bit while I'm doing this. Um, Badger update, people. The old badger was outside again um, last night, sniffling around. I still... I'm still trying to feed it as well. That's the thing. Still trying to be its friend, but it ain't having a bar of me. You know, throwing grapes at it. I don't know even if they eat grapes. I googled it. Um, but it was outside and it, it got quite close, but it didn't actually come towards me. You just, you know, I just want to be your friend, little badger. That's it, you know. So I can, you know, probably more for me than the badger. You know what I mean? So I can, basically, so, so, so I can tell people I feed a badger. That's basically, that's basically it, isn't it? You know, so you can just show people and they go, oh, God, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, you see, something likes me in this world. I've made some sort of connection to something. But um, the other night, there were a few little badgers around as well uh, with it, a couple of other ones. So I imagine it could be the mother. I don't know whether the... The the male badger hangs around or he's just one of those animals that goes in there, does the business, fucks off and goes, deal with that, sweetheart. That's it. It's your turn to feed him now, but it had two little badgers, smaller badgers with it. So I imagine they're, uh, um, that's a cubs and it is a female badger. I don't know. Unless it's a male badger. I don't know. I don't want to, you know, in this day and age, maybe it's a female badger that, you know, freely associates as a male badger i have no idea i don't know whether the animal kingdom really worry about that we're the uh, we're the only species on earth that seems to you know uh worry about that but you you know you can be what you want to be people maybe it's a they go by them or they um even even though there's one badger i don't know but um, what is a group of badgers called? A group of badgers. Here we are. Of badgers is called collective noun for badgers. 
a seat or clan. I quite like that. A clan of badgers. Uh, set. Is that set? C-E-T-E. Um, I know they live in a badger set, don't they? But um, <laughs> it's this... <laughs> people are probably screaming over the internet. You fucking idiot. Of course they live in a set. Um, C-E-T-E, though. Um, uh, collective noun, badgers, set colony, a colony of badgers, set of badgers, a school of barracudas, a cloud of bats. I quite like that. I like that. A cloud of bats. I like that very much so. It is. Look at the cloud of bats there. Uh, anyway. Let's get on with this. Uh, so anyway, I'll tell you what, the reason why I'm uh, doing all these domesticated things and talking about uh, life at home at the minute is because I have been COVID-ed, um, COVID-pinged uh, uh, via the app. So um, I am uh, indoors. Uh, the app came through. It said uh, I've been in close contact with... Um, uh, some prick who's got COVID. That's what it ought to say. You've been in close contact with some prick who has gone out there getting off, you know, swapping spit with complete strangers or catching sneezes in their mouth. And um, you are at risk of possibly having COVID. So I've got to, um, I've sent off for one of those home test kits. Um that um i've actually done and sent uh well i've done today it came came today so um i've got to do that and then send it off uh which will be tomorrow and then uh hopefully that'll be the all clear and uh, i'm assuming if you get that test done then the all clear is out there i don't feel apart from the stinging of the eyes which is blatantly caused by um uh, the soap I use, um, which is not to be used on the eyes, just to be used on the face, uh, as I found out uh, earlier before this podcast, because I like to be clean for the podcast, you know what I mean? I like to make an effort for you people out there, yeah? That's what I'm doing. Um, yeah, so I've got the old COVID ping, so I've got to isolate. Um, so I'm having uh, food parcels and shit like that at the moment. My mum's dropped some stuff around, which is quite nice of her. Thank you, mother. And um, uh, although saying that, um, I was a little bit of uh, disappointed in mother's advice. Um, I thought while I'm here, I'll get the place tidied up because I've got. There's nothing worse than being stuck indoors. I've got a little garden outside Briggs Towers, obviously where I sit out and watch the badgers, the clan of badgers clanning around. Um, but. Um, uh, I um I thought I'd get everything tidy, everything clean while while I'm stuck indoors. You know what I mean? Like instead, I don't just want to be isolated and just be watching TV all day, because that is that is the risk, isn't it? You know, of being isolated. You think right? I'm going to get some stuff done. Yeah, Pro- clean my car out, sort everything out. I'm moving so I can move everything. Um into bags get that ready to move up to birmingham when the isolation is over 
and um, I'll get everything sorted and everything will be sweet. But the 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 biggest uh, thing is where you go. Oh, I'll just um, I'll just watch this episode. Oh, this is a new series. What's that? I'll have a little look at that series. And then you realise it's got like ten episodes, and you're like, oh fucking hell, they're all an hour long, and you're like, well, that's today gone. That's today gone, baby. That's why they do it, isn't it? You want the thing is, you want to watch every. If you get into something, you want to watch every single episode, and you want it here, you want it now, didn't you? I don't want to wait a week. Do you remember when, like, series and that sort of thing, you could only get them for a week? Like, a week-by-week basis. You know, they'd just release... They'd be on BBC One at 9 o'clock on a Sunday or something, and you watch that. And now you get it all, don't you? Which is what you wanted in the first place, isn't it? Be careful what you wish for, people. You get it all, didn't you? But then it's just overload, isn't it? And you get, like... Like a series will have like 10 episodes and you get five episodes in and you're like, I, I don't know if I can watch this anymore. I've overloaded on this series and I don't think I can take any more of it. Not even a break. You just come to the end of it or you start watching some and you're four or five episodes in. And after episode, the first episode, you go, oh, this might be all right. It might grow on me. The second one, you're like, this might be all right. It might grow on me. And then you hit episode six or seven, and you're still thinking, oh, this is it's all right. It might grow on me. And then <laughs> and it doesn't. And you just realize you've just been watching a pile of shit for hour after hour. But now you're committed And you want to see how this pile of shit ends. You want to know what the cliffhanger is at the end of this pile of shit. That you're not going to find out what it is for months. For about 12 months, 18 months when they release the next series or season on Netflix. And then you'll go... You'll completely forget by the time it comes around it was actually a pile of shit and just remember watching it and think, oh, I'll remember. I'll um, I'll watch this. I'll watch the first series. What was that like? No idea. I've watched about 18 different series since this came out. <laughs> this reminds me of that time I was in isolation watching this. Wasting my time. So that's the danger in it. That is the danger. I don't want to go down that path, people. I'm going to try and, you know, tidy up, get some bits done. Not that there's that much to tidy anymore, you know. All I have to do is straighten the garden chairs that I'm sitting on, which, may I add, never, if I give you any piece of advice whatsoever, never, ever move your sofa and chair up to to a new property if you're moving in with somebody. and and be redundant on garden chairs. I fell asleep in one of the chairs and woke up on the floor. I tipped it over. I don't know what I was doing in my sleep. Something very active, I imagine. Running from someone, rolling over. I don't know. I've never done that in the garden. When I've fallen asleep in a garden chair in the garden. But the, the uh, these are not designed to be used all the time. I've realised that. Because the cushioning is getting... 
flatter and flatter. And I can just feel, even on this chair, I can feel the fucking springs in the metal. And it, it feels like I'm driving like an old car. You know what I mean? Like a Model T Ford or something. Like it's got that sort of comfort about it. Uh, before all of the uh, modern day luxuries that we had. I'll tell you what I did watch the other day. I'll let you know this. Bit of orange juice there. Always gets, you always get the aftertaste with orange juice, don't you? It's always a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I've been tidying up. I got the advice. My mum had washed her duvet. I got the advice. You can stick your duvet in a washing machine. All right, I'll stick my duvet in a washing machine. Let's do this. Clean it up a bit. Bit of a clean freak. Having a bit of a spring cleaning around the place. Did all the pillows, all of that come out lovely. They go a bit mental in there, don't they? Because you've got like the inner bit of the pillow and the outer cover, you know, and then obviously you've got the slip that goes, the pillowcase that goes over the top, but you've got an outer cover and then you've got inner like foamy shit that always seems to gather at one end if you put it in the washing machine. So you spend the rest of the day straightening out pillows. So I decided to do my duvet. And um, uh, it'll all fit in your washing machine. That's fine. Did it. It it all fitted in the washing machine. And then it was that compacted in. I could just see. I don't think it was even letting any water in there. It was just going round. And the door, (laughs) the fucking door on the washing machine was going like just pulsing. Just pulsing every time it went round. And I was like, ah, for the sake of fucking 20, 30 quid for a new uh, duvet. I'm going to, I'm going to break my washer dryer with this. That was a, that was, that was taking a voice from mother that was. You'll be able to wash it in your washing machine, no problem. So I had to ditch that, um, ditch that idea. And then it's soaking wet. Like one end was soaking wet. All in the middle was dry. I had to try and. I don't know what it is with my washer dryer, but I can't seem to pause it. It just, like, once it's committed, oh, no, you've pressed start now. I am going to finish this cycle, baby. I am committed to my job. It's got, it's work ethic. I can't fault the work ethic of my washer dryer. It's just committed. You can't pause it. There's a pause button on there, but it don't seem to work. Just seems to bypass it. So I had to switch it off, leave it off for like an hour because every time you started switching it on, it just, hey, you still want to wash, don't you? Hey, man, I've got 45 minutes left. Let me finish my job. So you switch it off, switch it on again. 42 minutes left, man. Come on. We can do this. As the door's fucking straining. So I had to leave it off for about two hours and then eventually the door unlocked, didn't it? It's like some sort of, you know, you know, you need a, you need a safe. It ought to have one of those dials on the side where you have to listen for the clicks to open the door. Surely there's got to be some sort of override in this day and age. Do they, do the washer dryer manufacturers not trust people to open the door and it just automatically locks and won't let you open it? Is that it? Oh, no. 
if we put an override button on there, people would just be opening the door willy-nilly, wouldn't they? There'll be floods. There'll be a tsunami of fucking water and soapsuds making its way down every single high street where people are opening and closing the door halfway through the cycle. Surely there should be a button where you can pause or stop the cycle. But there doesn't seem to be anyway. Um, So anyway, the, the crux of the situation is I fucked up my duvet. It tore it. It fucking did everything. So I just thought, oh, fuck it, bollocks. Because you're meant to wash your duvet every year or whatever. That's what they say about everything, isn't it? You're meant to, you're meant to turn your um, mattress over every six months, is it? Turn your mattress over every six months. You'd be rotating every single piece of furniture in your house, wouldn't you, if you had to do that? Empty your little tray at the bottom of the toaster and then empty, you know. Wipe down all the inside of your microwave. And every time you get something, it go, it gives you a leaflet on how to care for it, doesn't it? Wash this out every so often and, you know, change the filters on your hob fucking hood, isn't it? You know, I've got the same... Does anybody really service their boiler every year? Who's that person? Who is that person? Who services their boiler every? I had to get a. I had to service my boiler because I'm selling my house, and um, uh, it hadn't been done for ages, like ages. Past fine. I don't worry about my boiler unless it kind of fucks up. It went through a stage of just coming up with errors. I haven't done anything different. All I do is switch it on, and it'll come up with some error. You know. I don't know who these people are who get that service. You've got to get this service, you, you know. Make sure you get... Look, I've got a coffee machine that, for some reason, you need to, you know, descale it every now and again. It'll come on with a red light. You know, so I've got to do that now whilst rotating my fucking, you know, mattress on my bed whilst changing, you know, the fucking hob hood whilst doing various other stuff. That is the tedium of life, that is, isn't it? Although saying that, you know, this is how, you know, um, hypocritical I am. I I did actually uh, change my duvet over the other day. (laughs) Hey, I'm stuck in on my own, all right? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what the big conspiracy theory is with everything. This is just a big conspiracy theory to get all those little jobs done around the house that you need to get done. That could be it. I'll tell you what I did watch. Let's get into that. I watched um, The Monument Men, uh, which is George Clooney's um, film about all the art thefts. That's one of the uh, things you don't think about, isn't it? When you, when you come to World War Two. You don't think about all the art thefts and uh, and the art that was uh, thieved away from countries like um, France and Belgium and places like that. Um, I watched that film. I quite liked it. However, um, like any of these films, there was a big a big person with a, a person called Ronald Balfour. Um, 
he was a um he was essentially a historian i think um an art historian um and he was one of the major guys but he was just completely left out of the film with regards to that i think he had um uh, a sort of like bit of a weird life um i think i'm not sure uh but um yeah i think he was killed um by a shell or something like that but i think um i don't know if it was a um a gay guy or not but i did i did read up on it but um you know that was two days ago or whatever you know maybe maybe he's just i don't know if he's a gay guy or he's just got round glasses on i'm not sure um but um yeah, he was actually killed by a shell when he was, like, coming out of a church or something like that. But, like, they just completely left him out of the film, and he was one of, like, the main guys. I don't know why Hollywood Hollywood always does that. They'll do, like, a biography of somebody. And I know it's to make it more exciting and to make it more, you know, more of a clean storyline. But when they leave out, either, you know, specific events or um, just amalgamate characters into one. You can kind of see why they do that a little bit. But when they just completely, you know, like just blot out somebody who is quite important, it always annoys me. Or they change the ending of a film, you know, and you think, oh, that's really nice that uh, those two people were friends at the end. Oh, no, they weren't. (laughs) Not in real life. But that becomes the myth behind everything, doesn't it? Everybody, you know, that becomes, oh, that's really nice those two got on in the end. Uh, No, they didn't. No, no, no. Actually, yeah, they kind of hated each other. Um, Yeah, so people were sort of like dismayed by this. It's a good film. Like just seeing how much like art was stolen, you know, just how, how... they just cleaned out, like, uh, the Nazis just cleaned out, like, museums and art galleries and shit went missing and still missing as well. You know, never returned. They basically just went through Europe and just went, yeah, we'll have that, that, that. One massive shopping spree in France. Yeah, we, we want that. We want this. We want that. Take it all back, stick it in a cellar, and we'll fucking deal with it later. But it was like millions and millions of pounds worth of shit um, that they just, like, thieved all over Europe as well. You know, it's not the worst crime the Nazis committed, obviously. <laughs> Isn't it? You know, a bit of breaking and entering. You know, the... Uh, the industrial killing of six million Jews. Yeah, that's up there. That's probably... <laughs> but they also stole a lot of shit as well. As if that wasn't bad enough. They also stole a few paintings as well. <laughs> uh, that is... um Half an hour, people. Uh, that is episode 234 of the Ben Briggs podcast. If you want to contact me at all, it is just podcast at benbriggs.co.uk. I will be back on Tuesday, motherfuckers. Have a good rest of the weekend. I'll speak to you then. Take care.